Okay. Because if they throw their arms around you, there's a lot of people there that don't use deodorant and you will have stinky shoulders. (laughs) What's going on, everybody? This is another episode of It's Just Bodybuilding. I am not your host, Ron Partlow. He's not here, so we're slightly screwed. But in his place is myself, Dusty Hanshaw. Of course, we got Scott McNally, and we stole from a thinking man's podcast, Tommy Styles. Good news. We didn't we lost Ron, but we did not lose two ways to save on IamMutant.com. Because we got Dusty twenty and we got Tommy is it Tommy S twenty or Tommy T what is your Tommy S twenty. Tommy S twenty. Twenty S twenty. All caps. You should probably utilize his now, um, at least for two weeks. It's fresh and you know how it is. Fresh off the the oven is always better. So give his a roll. <laughs> Get your gear. Start juicing up. And uh, yeah, so thanks as always for Mutant for supporting us. And of course, we would not be here without Scott, literally, because I don't know what I'm doing. So you might want to hit up the Patreon. Listen, drop him as any amount helps. A hundred, a thousand, any yeah, of those th- will help. Just like, yeah, any of that. Drop <clears throat> those little gems in there. To, I feel like Ron doesn't ask for enough. You should go higher. Yeah. Yeah. You won't be mad if someone drops a grand on you, will you? I'd feel kind of guilty, honestly. If somebody gave us $1,000, I'd want to know a little bit more about them and know that like they were in a place where money didn't matter to them. And then I'd be like, okay, then I'd feel good about no, it. No, no, that's, that's, that's not a... Scott, you know what I mean? This is, a, this is like an OnlyFans <laughs> thing. Some people like to go broke oh. supporting... And it could be you. I, I mean, don't they've wanna... seen you topless. They've seen you topless. I hate, I don't want anyway. to Anyway. Yeah. I don't want to go that route, though. I want to, you know, build Anyhow, people up. So, yeah. I'm going to need someone to step in. You're doing good. All I, all I know is when you go to the page, you need to subscribe. You need to like, comment. Share. Share. And... and Ring the bell. Ring the bell. Good job, Tommy. Oh, you freaking I was nailed Tommy it. Tommy to step in. He, he did, did even a nice ask. delay. It yeah. was beautiful. It was so good. yes, those things. And remember again, comment your questions there. That is the magic to the show. We want to know what you guys want to hear and have us talk about. Because if not, it's my topics, and it turns out all I talk about is money, according to somebody on the last episode. <laughs> But anyways, uh, so we did have a, a leading topic today that was brought in by a genius, otherwise known as Tommy. Um, he had someone actually recently ask him, uh, what are ways, what are these trained around injuries to continue yeah. bodybuilding while, while dealing with different injuries? So I thought there's a topic as a few old guys and Tommy that we could uh, easily attack. That's so, a good one. Yeah, so... We jumped it off by, I had tweaked my pec on a Smith press. So, um, was that a flat Smith press? Just asking for the audience. Recently it was. But <laughs> the the initial ahead. one was an incline, but yeah, you know about the recent one. Um, so you get a tweak, obviously not a big rupture or a tear or something that's going to put you out of the gym altogether. You want to keep training. You want to keep bodybuilding. You want to still keep making progression. Um, The first thing I do and I look at is like, what movements can I do? What can I do? Anything that causes me pain in a negative way is out. No matter what kind of attachment I have to it, it's it's not going to work at this time. So, and then I start to look at 
how can I train without making myself worse? So that's probably going to be different than how Dusty and I have always trained, which is, you know, sledgehammer first, scalpel second. So there's going to require some finesse and then almost like I'm, I can be my own worst enemy. So I have to just accept that during that time while I'm working through injuries, I can't train to maximum failure. I got to, I can't be too greedy. So those are some principles that I look at when I'm working around an injury. Every other body part, I can still train the same as long as it's not causing any issues with my recovery of the injury. Um, and I might even be able to increase volume on some of the other body parts during that time and lower the frequency of the, you know, like my chest doesn't need more work when it's already hurt. Yeah. So it just becomes about driving a little bit of blood in there each week, making small progression. So when I came out of my PRP on my knee last year, I literally couldn't bend my knee. Like I couldn't sit down without pain. So for me, just to be able to stand up from a seated position was like my first form of progression. So then when I went into the gym, it was just like, I'm going to try to do a pendulum squat with no weight and just see how low I can get. I did that 10 times for two sets. That was a workout. And then I tried a couple, uh, like 10 set reps of, or 10 rep sets of leg extensions with like 30 pounds. I mean, we're talking like bare minimum stuff just to like set the tone and build, you create a, a way to build up from it. Um, mm -hmm. Everybody's injuries are different, but you have to be very, very patient with whatever you're dealing with. If you let frustration take over, which I've done it, and I'm sure both of you guys have too, where you get frustrated and you just want to be back to normal and you push it, yep. your body's at the end of the day, you're probably going to make things worse and just prolong that recovery. So that's uh, my take on injuries. And then I'll let you guys kind of chip in wherever you want. Scott, what, do you, what, what experiences do you have with that, with yourself, clients, whatever? <laughs> Man, well, one thing that I remember hearing a long time ago as a kid, like this is like the very beginning, the Sears weight set in the parents' basement level of bodybuilding. I remember hearing somebody say, it's not what you do if you get hurt in bodybuilding. It's what you do when you get hurt. Because, like, it's going to freaking happen if you do this long enough. And Absolutely. if you're pushing to the level that, that you know, we push to. Um, and like you said, Tommy, every injury is completely unique. You know, I, I've had injuries that have happened in the gym. I've had injuries that have happened, like, at work or yeah. Just something stupid that's happened, you know, and there are all, all these different various things. They limit you in some way. And I found that the number one thing that I need to do is step back and be creative because, you know, we we all find what we love right about bodybuilding uh -huh. and we figure out what works and then we lean into the things that work and we lean away from the things that don't work. And then we get uh -huh. kind of into our groove and now we get hurt and we can't do the things we did in our groove. And the first thought that I think all of us have, we get depressed because we're like, well, mm -hmm. crap. Now I can't do what I need to do in order to make the progress. But the reality is there's a lot of other things you can do. And like Tommy said, like, you know, maybe you tweak your pack, maybe you tweak your knee. That doesn't mean that you're out of the game. It just means that you're going to need to be creative and work around that. Uh, maybe it means that like for me, a big one was my lower back into the SI and it ended up hurting me so bad that I actually stopped training altogether for several months. Cause I was like, I just, mm -hmm. I don't know if I could do this anymore. And this was like years and years ago. 
And when I first got back into the gym, I said to myself, well, you know what? I guess maybe I'm going to be one of those guys that just can't train legs. I'll have a bigger upper body. I'll have no legs. I guess that's going to be who I am. And eventually then I was like, well, I want to compete. So that's not going to work anymore. (laughs) And then I had to get creative and think about like, okay, so at the time I couldn't squat, you know? And everybody had always said, well, you have to squat to get big legs. And I had to figure out how to work around that. And I figured out things, for instance, like you could use time under tension on an exercise. We always talk about on the podcast how to make weight heavier. We don't necessarily need to load everything up. You know, if we can create the tension by using less weight and then slowing our reps down, maybe doing a pause at the bottom, you know, stuff like that. It's like you can still get a lot out of an exercise without doing things exactly the way you have. So my first thought would be get out of that groove that you thought you had to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you guys really covered the majority. The only thing that I, that I do long before all those pieces is I ask myself why I got hurt. Yeah. Because that's the one thing I think gets missed because if you say to yourself, okay, I've done this a million times. I wasn't jerking. I wasn't whatever. Why did that muscle give? And sometimes it's just, it just did. That's time and you've been abusing yourself and whatever. But sometimes it's a realization that something else is off. Okay. I've been a, a long time believer in, in, in getting body work done, getting dry needling done, things like that. And there have been multiple occasions where I have an injury that that's popped up more than once and it's in a completely safe state. And I'm like, okay, it was my adductor for like a while. Like it was, I was to the point where it wasn't fun to go train legs because I would go in and I'd say, okay, so the real goal today is to not get hurt. Like that was it, but you, that's not fun. So I finally went in, uh, I had a, uh, dry needling guy, I explained to him what was happening. I said, hey, my right adductor just gives, and I don't know why, and this has never been an issue before. It took him, I don't know, 90, 180 seconds to move my body around and go, oh, your ankle's tight. Fix my ankle. He goes, all right, once this recovers, this should never happen again. And it never happened again. It is such a huge help to have somebody like a a soft tissue person or somebody on your side because I've had the same thing. You know, my shoulder is bothering me. My shoulder is bothering me. And then I find out, oh, well, it really and I'm focusing on the shoulder. Right. I'm like, well, what do I need to do? And but reality was it was my my pec minor. Everything Mm -hmm. was getting pulled too tight. You know, so you loosen the pec. Right. And you loosen those pecs up and then everything feels better. So, yeah, 100 percent, man. So those are things I just think you should look at because there's, and again, there are some things that are injuries, but when, when Tommy told me about his pack the other day, uh, what he said to me reminded me so much. And I think he was with me, but, um, we were doing leg press at one point, um, sissy squat style. So had the toes only on the thing and we had banded it and it was heavy and all about partially way up the rep. I thought I tore my calf. My calf went and I was like, oh, no. I mean, we racked it. I couldn't walk. I mean, it was like limp, limp to get places. So I I text Jason. I was like, hey, um, I'm in South Scottsdale and I'm coming to you. When will you look at me? And he was like, 
we'll figure it out. I came up there and I was like, we, I immediately was like, it's torn. It has to be. I mean, the pain was brutal. I told them what I did. Um, basically it was simple because of the band. There was a point in that movement that all of that weight was on my calves. Yeah. And it literally, I mean, I'm making up a number, but there had to have been 10 plus trigger points that he had to get out that day. And then I was sore as hell, of course, but two days later, it was completely gone. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's why I said always look at what is the injury, what caused the injury. Uh, and if something did cause it that you know of, obviously make adjustments. And in some cases, if you have an injury more than, a, more than one time and there's nothing that you're doing, it all, it's also time to say that it, that exercise is not for me anymore. Yeah, you know exactly, and I think that's something that gets hard for some of us because there, it could be an, a a movement that we've done a very long time with a ton of success, and you don't want to toss that movement, you know, but you have to. So, I, I had that with the uh, the Arsenal shoulder press. Hmm. Every mm-hmm. time I got to a certain weight, it just there would be like a little pinch right here in the shoulder, and I remember texting Dusty about it twice, and he was just like. Don't do what I did. Scrap the movement. Scrap that piece. And I haven't been back on it since because the way my mind works, like if if I get 12 reps with a certain weight, I'm going to go up weight. And then I get to that same weight where I run into those sticking points. And then it becomes obsessive. You're trying to get strong on the piece, not actually strong on the movement. So Mm -hmm. it's just it's not the risk versus reward isn't there. Um, Another thing you were talking about body work and like, I'm trying to beat into my young people's brains. Like you don't need to like get body work just for the sake of getting it. But if you run into an issue and rest and altering your frequency and doing some of the things you can control doesn't work, there's no nobility in saving money just to, just to run away from an injury because you'll have a mental block. And that's the biggest Mm -hmm. thing I look at when coming back from an injury is, I have to mentally trust myself to train as hard as I know I'm capable of. And if, um, if I'm not able to do that, then I'm not 100%. It's it's not the, the body that I'm really looking at healing. It's more so my mind. Yeah. And I'm mm-hmm. sure you guys know, like, you don't want to train timid because when you train timid, that's when you get hurt. Oh, yeah. You have to be trusting your body before that working set. And I see a lot of people just give up on movements or certain styles of training just because they don't want to come off 80, 90, a hundred bucks just to, to work with a professional to get the injury looked at. So, um, I, I understand being young and not having a big budget. I'm not advocating wasting money on, you know, a rub and tug massage down the road, but there's a reason I see a PT twice a week and same guy does like Jason keeps me put together and keeps me confident in my body to, to do what I needed to do. And like you said, too, it's something that you need. I I think there is maybe some overuse of soft tissue work now. And I see people like people are asking me, they're like, you know, would it help me to go do cupping? And I'm like, well, what for for what? Like, what's what do you what do you do? Well, I don't know. You know, better blood flow for my lats, maybe or maybe my pecs or, you know, they, 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 mm-hmm. no, yeah. there's nothing to it. No reason. And I will say this, like, I'm totally 100 percent with you. And you can also learn these things yourself. Some of these things you can do on your own. You know, there's a guy calls himself uh, Smashworks on YouTube, and uh, he's he's a, a CrossFit guy, 
and I think he started. I think he started oiling up his delts toward the end. There's like a a seven year period of him shooting videos, and near uh-huh. the end, man, those delts oh, are just so freaking square and wild looking. <laughs> I'm thinking there's a little little jimmying up in there, but nonetheless, <laughs> good dude. And um, if I have an issue, I've gone to his page, and like when I tore my Super Spinatus a couple of years ago. I went to his page and I started researching, okay, well, what do I need to do? What's the mobility? What are the therapies I can do on a daily basis, mm-hmm. you know, right. and, and then keep up with these things, you know? So right. it's mm-hmm. important to be able to go, go get somebody else to do stuff, but you can do a lot of stretches on your own, you know, you can do right. a lot of mobility, get yourself a lacrosse ball, figure out where you need to work into the fibers, figure out what the directions of the fibers are, you know, all that yeah. stuff. Um, and then like with my shoulder, I put together a whole mobility program because what I learned was like you were saying, Dusty, you know, this injury that happened at the top of my shoulder didn't have to do with that. It was all the supporting structures underneath, you know, like Uh things into the lat, things into the pack. And had those things been stronger, maybe I wouldn't have hurt myself the way I did. So from there, I, I couldn't train shoulders the way I wanted to. But what I could do is on my push pull legs day or on my push day, I would incorporate that shoulder mobility stuff and just make it part of my workout. And some of them, you know, were legit exercises. And then I would do the exercises that I could perform without hurting myself. So I saw it as a way to, you know, get my workouts in, make sure that Uh I get that mobility stuff done because that's the first thing I'll forget about, you know, and make sure that I'm improving the structures that are going to support the area that got injured. Yeah. Love it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So did we also have some questions, Scott, before we get on our, we have quite a few topics, but I want to make sure we, you know, I, I'm telling people to send us questions. So yeah, did we, we did do that now or we did. Yeah, I know you had some. Um, yeah, there was a bunch. And I also too, I wanted to give a shout out to the number of people who made multiple comments because we had people like Kenneth who you know, we told everybody that if you go in, uh, went for my computer here, so I'm going to, there we go. If we, uh, if you comment multiple times, it helps our algorithm out. So Kenneth Kidd posted like seven times, as you can see here. <laughs> I, I want to say thank you to him. And uh, yeah, there was like five people that did that. So that's cool. Um, got one for both you guys. Question for the next one. Is it possible for a bodybuilder to be a vegetarian slash vegan and or are there any pros who are? Uh, well, well, possible. Yes. <laughs> I knew um, you were going there. <laughs> but, but are they going to be as successful as they would be? No. Like there's, there's no way around that. Um, and I'm not against, you know, everyone should do what they want to do. But sometimes push does come to shove. So you just have to ask yourself, which is more important, being the best bodybuilder you can be or being a vegan? And either is fine. But if being the vegan is the choice, you have to accept that you're limiting yourself, you know, which is which we all do. I mean, you do that as a as a open bodybuilder who, you know, uses uh, supplements, super supplements, as we say, like there are certain things that some of us say, yeah, that's that's something I'm not willing to do. And that thing could could limit how far you can go. You know, for example, I mean, just something simple. Like if, if you couldn't afford growth, not that you didn't want to, but you couldn't, you would have to accept the fact that, not that I consider it magic, but it is not, you, you won't take your physique as far without as you would with. So 
it can be done. Are there any successful pros that are doing that that I know of? No. Uh, and the people that I do know who were, I, I do have friends that were pros and then decided to become vegan for their own personal reasons. And they almost immediately were losing muscle and they were doing it right. They're doing it under guidance, but you start to lose muscle mass. And uh, I don't know how to do the math on this, but if every single one went back to eating eat meat, does that mean 100% decided they wanted their physique more than being a vegan? I guess so. So that's my take. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's, uh, it's, I would just ask you why you want to be an open bodybuilder if you want to be a vegan too. It just, it doesn't, it doesn't add up to me. Um, is it possible for sure? But the, even if you're getting complete amino acids from your protein sources, like I like the silverback gorilla comparison because that's like a vegan, but it eats like 11,000 pounds of vegetables a day. Constantly, <laughs> constantly eating. Yeah. Like, so you can't do that. And then if you look at like the amount of carbs you're taking in to hit your protein requirements, it's just a lot of work. And I think, I don't know. Any, I remember a guy from the seventies being like, he only ate eggs. He didn't eat meat, but even that would not qualify as being vegan. Right. So, I don't, I don't know any success stories as far as open bodybuilders. I've seen some of the other divisions where they've talked about being vegan and, and it looked like they were doing well. I think Shelby had a figure pro, but mm -hmm. I don't know if she turned pro vegan. There's Then you got to look into that. Like, well, did they put on all their muscle as a non-vegan and then just become vegan? Yeah. So um, I don't think the two match up personally. Well, plus you got to factor in, I mean, real quick to add is there are freak shows Oh, so yeah. you have to just ask the masses, you know. Like what what so, would Kai Green look like if he was a vegan? I bet he'd still look pretty good, right? He'd still be better than me <laughs> if he was vegan and natural. Yeah. Um <laughs> so but that I do I like to point that out cuz that's that's often an argument in any of these things. It's kind of the same, you know, somebody will see you know how how I train and I'll say this works for me and like, well, Flex Wheeler didn't need to do that. And I'm like, Flex yeah. Wheeler could have done whatever the hell he wanted. Yeah, and trust yeah. me. If all I had to do to look like Flex Wheeler was train like him, I would uh, do it yeah. <laughs> yeah. immediately. You know, so factor that in. There's, there's health stuff related to that, too. I have seen a number of people now who had been vegan long term. And mm -hmm. some of these people weren't bodybuilders. They were just like, hey, I'd been vegetarian or vegan long-term and I'm having all these health issues. I've had personally five people, Victoria's seen countless more because it tends <clears> to be a lot more females than males. I think that tend to decide to go that route. Just what I've seen personally, but I've seen like major uh, nutritional deficiencies as right. a result that have wrecked things like thyroid and just mm -hmm. destroyed their ability to, you know, utilize food. It's, it's been bad. Like it's been unhealthy. And then, you know, as it is, I think that in a contest diet, for instance, we're restrictive with our foods and our options go down. If you're going to be vegetarian right. or vegan, those options go down even further. And the more, the less options you have, you know, the, the, the less healthy it's going to be overall. So, I, I right. think that in order to do it and be healthy in the last couple of years, after seeing the lab work of the multiple people, I've realized that it is so complex 
to be a vegan bodybuilder and do it in a healthy way, I don't even want to have anything to do with it personally. And I've right. had to tell people like, listen, that's just not what I do. I, 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 I applaud you, but I, I think you need to also understand that your need for nutritional support through supplementation is going to be so high that, you know, it's, it's to me, I mean, personally, it's not what I would want to do. And I, I can't, I don't know. I've also known people who like, you know, they vegan, but they run a ton of gear. And it's like, right. honestly, I've seen it like we're almost trying to make up for the crappy nutrition so that we can remain <laughs> vegan by taking a right. ton of gear. And it's like, man, you're just spinning your wheels. So I, I just can't get behind that. So if you want to be a vegetarian, that's cool. But I don't think that that's part of the hardcore get as big as you can bodybuilding lifestyle. So that's my for thought sure. there. We got one here that I think would be good. And I want to ask both you guys this one because I know both you guys have trained in if not dc Justy. in dc style way yeah i like that question for scott ron and justy um <laughs> have you guys had a deload in the middle of a six to 12 week blast of dc training of course absolutely i mean when when here's the thing some blasts were longer like i, I learned this <clears throat> for myself which is Dante laid out a plan for me. And when I was young, it was relatively black and white. You know, you're going to go, you're going to blast for X amount of time, eight, 10 weeks, then you're going to need a cruise. Um, as I got more advanced, that cruise told me when it was time. So whether it would be an injury or lack of recovery, or all of a sudden my strength is stagnating. Um, I always even argue if there's a time where somebody like myself who just loves to train more than anything isn't excited to go to the gym, we've got another sign. Um, and I never worried about that. Like when it came up, it was time to cut a blast. So, you know, I mean, I've had them as short as six weeks where things are going and all of a sudden I have a little, little, you know, a little injury or something like that or something that's affecting everything. I mean, I'm sure we've all had, uh, I had a forearm issue that literally pressing, pulling anything, it was a problem. And I saw Jason a couple times to work it out. And I actually went into a cruise period and it was the only reason everything else was fine. But like, imagine getting under an incline barbell. And as soon as you unrack 135 going, holy, my forearm hurts. And that's the only thing you're thinking about. Like you're not feeling your muscle or anything. It's just pain. Um, so things like that will put you out. But the magic is this is understanding that cruises are the one step backward before the two or three steps forward. People really, really struggle with cruises. And I, I know that um, we like to contradict ourselves on the show. Um, but I really do believe if you are training as hard as you're supposed to with progressive overload training, you will need to cruise or you will absolutely lower your progression overall, like your muscle. Yeah, I think it's a, uh, there's this badge of honor and I, I went through it and Dusty probably talked me out of it and told me I was being a dumbass, but um, you don't want to like take any time. You don't want to pull back at all because you think it's, it makes you weak. And really, if you're training hard enough, like I found that like I almost had it down to like a not a science, but like every six weeks, it seemed like 
pulling back was just what's going to be best to where I don't dig too deep of a hole two or three months down the line to where mm-hmm. that elbow pain is starting to really linger. And then I'm just like, you know, lubing up with a bottle of Volterran just to get through a training session. Um, and I did some experiments, right? 20 to 24 workouts all out, <laughs> head first. And then I noticed that like, like Dusty talked about, I, it's almost like time to train. And I'm like, I don't really want to go or what, what would happen if I didn't go today? It's a bad sign. Right. And then knowing that I love to train, like it's my, you know, my re it's the most fun I have during the week is training every week of my life. So I think if those are the signs that you're going through that, that's your body telling you like, Hey, just take a step back for seven days of your calendar year. And you get to have six more weeks of all out progress. And if you start mm-hmm. to look look at the big picture of the whole year of how much you can progress versus just like, oh, I got to get it on this day. I have to deadlift it. Like, it's going to be all right. You'll you'll put on size. You'll still grow. It'll be better for you. And I see a lot of myself and some of my younger guys because they almost get like angry with themselves. And I can read it in their updates that they're like, they can't push hard. And I'm like, you kind of earned this. Like, that means you train hard enough to earn this deload and this cruise. Yeah, most mm-hmm. people never never get there because they just go through the motions. I got a question for you, Tommy. So, I mean, it, it, and I, I I have to tell the audience too. I mean, some people who've been watching a long time know this, but I've known Tommy for a long time, and I've seen you evolve, man. And as a fan of bodybuilding, like seeing where you're at now, man, it makes me happy. Like it really makes me happy to see like just how much progress you've made. And, you know, obviously you've learned a lot along the way, but back when you were here in Michigan, you know, you were a different bodybuilder than you are today, you know, Mm -hmm. and you were a younger guy, you were figuring things out and obviously you're still figuring things out, but you know, we always are. But back then, how often did you, did you need to take a deload compared to now? Not, not long. I mean, or probably a lot longer, like 16 weeks or more. Okay. And did you ever take them back then? I almost got myself like, I would just be sick or something. And I would count yeah, that as a deload. It, it, it forced was, you to like be out. <laughs> yeah. For, yeah. Or I'd like move house or something. Like it was just a reason to not be at the gym. It was never like a planned thing or something I thought about. Yeah. So, but yeah, now it's, it's definitely something that I, if I see the signs coming up, I'm a lot less emotional towards my train. I'm just like, all right, I need time off. Like, no big deal. Yeah. Right. It's, it's hard for people to figure that out, you know? Well, I think when you come down to it, Scott, um, and this is a, a roundabout story, but so when I got my, um, was it my shoulder? No, hernias. When my, I got my hernias done the first time, I had three of them. Okay. Um, and this is back in the stone age. I mean, you know, we didn't have like, we were still horse and buggy style. Um, so it put me out for like two months. Okay. And, and I couldn't train at all. And, and the, the, the brutal part about that was I literally had just won an overall with the hernias. Like I could train around it, but it was visually a problem. And then the other two, I had one above the umbilical, one umbilical and one lower. Um, the other two would be a problem over time. So I was like, fine, I got it done. And when I went into surgery, I was at my biggest yeah. that I'd ever been. I was 283 pounds. And I had been, I mean, before this contest that I had just won, and then months afterwards, it was the biggest I've ever been. And I just couldn't get past it. I mean, like, 
you know, literally could not see 284. <laughs> like it was just a wall. Um, so I had the surgeries and I was depressed because I was forced out of the gym. Mm. So I wasn't training. I wasn't eating anything worth eating. I was eating junk. And I literally came out of the eight weeks or so at like 260 something and soft as could be. Hmm. Um, so I got back to the gym and started cranking away and quickly learned the power of rest because within eight weeks of being back, I was 295 and better than I'd ever been. And that was like a light bulb moment for me because yeah. I was like, okay, rest is extremely magical. And so that year, I said, at the end of this year, I'm going to take two months off. And we all know that lasts about seven days. <laughs> right, and right. That ain't, that ain't happening <laughs> unless unless something takes you out. You know, like I'm on I'm a piece on, of steak uh, or something like I'm that. I'm on 19 yeah. days right now since my current hernia surgery. And I got a week and two days left before I can get back in. And I'm starting to count them. But what I did realize from that was, all right, then I should do what Tommy was mentioning, which is actively look for times to take off because I don't need that eight weeks in a row. Yeah. If I take that eight weeks during the 52 I have in the year, I should get that same progression. It won't be as noticeable to me, but it should be there. And that's played out. If there's, if there's one thing I've learned in bodybuilding is that the answer to more size is rarely more volume or less rest. Yeah. So, you know, it's more like, really take that six weeks like Tommy and like say, like, I mean, imagine this. If you said to yourself the day one, you walk in the gym of six weeks, I have six weeks to make the most out of my physique. And then I'm shutting it down for a week. That is urgency. It's the same way. The same reason I love DC training. You walk in, you're like, I got five sets. If I blow one set, this is an 80% workout. That is a complete waste. So that like drove me. You know, so yeah. anything that kind of shortened that window and made, you know, kind of put your back against the wall right when you walk in the door was powerful to me. But yeah, more of the story is the rest is magic. So if, if you're questioning if you should be taking a cruise, the answer is yes. All right. I got a I've got one here. I want to ask Tommy this question. Well, I ask, obviously, all three of us can answer. And also, hey, Tommy, turn your do me a favor. Turn your volume down just a little. There's like a little echo. And I'm sure if you bring it down just a hair, it'll because it's our voices feeding back into your mic. See if that does anything. But the question here's the question. Another banger question for the guys. Um, I try to always train at West Coast Iron, but especially legs. When I can't train at West Coast Iron, I go to a big box gym with only one good leg press. How would you recommend I train legs with only one leg press machine to grow my legs bigger? Uh-oh, he's working on the sound. Did I lose you? No, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. All right, I turned it down. I don't know if it helped, but cool, cool. Yeah. So just one leg press machine. It's all he's got at this big box gym. He's trying to grow big legs. I assume he still has a hamstring curl and a leg extension too. So, you know, I've, he just doesn't have you know a V squat, squat. and a half yeah. squat. Yeah, all that. I mean, play the hand you're dealt. Like there was a time and many times in my life. I mean, Scott, you know, Royal Oak gym isn't like blessed with variety. We didn't yeah. have any of the most awesome pieces there and we, we all made it work. Um, 
dusty. We, we trained at muscle factory with literally a barbell for back day only for seven months. <laughs> there you go. Yep. You know, I think if you just, I think a lot of people's training improves when you don't have as many options because then you're forced to get creative. Like with a leg press, Yeah, I could do a variation where my feet are low and wide. Yeah, I could do a variation where they're a bit higher and then closer together. I could do really slow negatives, like a four count negative with a two count pause in the hole. I could do high reps where I do sets of 30 to 50 and just constant tension. I could mm -hmm. do single leg with all those things I mentioned. So, I mean, I could create five or six different ways to create a model for progression with just that one piece. It just requires you actually putting the plan into place and then, you know, having it separated out with your training. Yep, leg day one has, has leg press with your feet low and wide. Leg day two has leg press with your feet high and wide, and it might be set to 20 or higher. Yeah. And then you've got everything else. Like you could do a Bulgarian split squat. You could do a walking mm -hmm. lunge. You could do a barbell back squat, like, you know, yep. uh, stiff leg deads, all that stuff. I mean, that's, I think you, you a good example of that. And it's been a couple of years now, but remember Chris Bumstead grew his back incredibly during like the close, the shutdowns and everything. None of the gyms were open in Canada for like a year straight and him and mm -hmm. Ian were training in the basement doing barbell row. So, yep. Yeah. yeah, you can't you can't beat those those things. And I think what you know, like Tommy said, that the biggest thing you have to get over is you're spending a lot of time thinking about the way you wish the gym was instead of just saying, what do I have? You know, because mm. if you really break it down, the guy who asked this question knows a lot of what Tommy just said. Yeah. So create workouts. But I would also make sure because I know he said he typically trains at West Coast, have those workouts written. So when you walk into that gym, you're not like, ah, oh, I'm going to hit this. I'm gonna have an okay leg workout at this gym, you know. Like Tommy said, when we were when we were at Muscle Factory, when there wasn't much there, by the time it ended and we were allowed to go back to any of the gyms, we didn't, hmm. because I and I mean I'm taking the negative credit for this one. I didn't. I just realized I was spoiled. I was training all these gyms because they were there, but it mm -hmm. wasn't really better. Like I looked at the numbers I was doing. I was looking at all of our size there were three of us training in there we all were bigger we were all stronger we all had better muscle and i'm like okay this is working better yeah like you know what i mean so it really like tommy said sometimes that breakdown really helps you and it forces you to think because i also believe when you have all the options you walk in and go through the motions i mean has he ever thought about all the things tommy just listed while in west coast iron hmm. you know are, are you slowing down your negatives on the pendulum are you doing a two count at the bottom? Are you doing one and a half? I mean, there's literally so many options. Where are your feet located? Are they high? Are they low? You know, if you're thinking that way and looking at a, a gym that has seven machines, well, cool. We just give you 40 movements. Have yeah. fun. I wonder if he could switch his workout around at all. You know, like if he it's ends like up training arms at West Coast Iron, could he be like, hey, instead of training arms, I'll train legs today. And then later in the week when I have to go to the big box gym, I'll train arms there, you know? Because, mm -hmm. man, sure. if I lived anywhere close to West Coast Iron, that is where I'd want to go for leg day, you know? Absolutely. All right. I'll see if there's any others that we really need to grab here. And I know you've got some stuff, Dusty. Um, and I wanted to ask your thoughts, too. Before we go, I, I wanted to ask you about traveling to Germany. I needed your tips. 
because I haven't been there before. I've never been to FIBO, so I have to ask you about that. Um, how about this one? So, uh, great episode, guys. Question for the next episode. When you guys were competing, what food did you guys find worked the best for your carb-up process, either the days leading up or even on show day? Thanks for the great content. Tommy, you kick this one off first because mine's, uh, mine's really complicated. Um, jasmine rice cream of rice pop tarts and uh, that's about it i don't like potatoes really bloat me out um Mm -hmm. i try to avoid oats and any sort of breads just because those kind of bloat me too so i'm pretty simple maybe a little bit of honey but um when i was younger i thought there was this magic carb machine protocol Mm -hmm. that it would just be like a buffet and it's actually not that. And then anybody that you start to talk to who's been around or coaches or pros, they're like, yeah, I eat like four things. That's it. So I just stick with what works for me and what I know my body will has digested all of that prep. And then that's just how it goes. So a lot of that stuff you were probably already eating too, right? Like the rice, cream of rice. Those are probably like, you weren't changing a lot, I guess, right? No. Jasmine rice is my all-time favorite carb. That's the that's the mistake, Scott, that people make, and you know this, is you're coming in hot. Everything's looking great. It's my f- least favorite word. It's peak week time. <laughs> Maybe not my least favorite, but it's up there. Um, and it's like, we should change everything. Yeah. I'm like, what? Like, what what about the jasmine rice isn't working? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you, I think people should ask themselves that when you know when you're starting to make moves um something that I learned a long time ago Jose told me this um was anything drastic that can make a positive impact can make a negative one. Hmm. So you have to factor that in like you just go for it. You're like, well, I'm a little flat, and sometimes ice cream fills me out. All right, kid. Sometimes. It might work. Yeah. It might yeah. work, you know, um, or you might miss by a mile. Um, the reason I told Tommy to go first is I actually know his stuff, so it, I knew it was uh, three more things than I use because I only <laughs> eat potatoes. Just potatoes, huh? That's it. I Literally, it's eight to ten ounces of potatoes every meal, six meals a day for three or four days day of the contest, same thing. And that's it. I mean, it's never failed. And I think a lot of the hocus pocus that comes in at the end with guys is they're not in in shape to begin with. Yeah. So they think they need all these things. I like to point out pretty often to guys, like some of my more popular photos that they've seen, like um, there's a cable crossover picture I did with Tony Mandridge years ago. And I mean, I'm peeled. There's veins coming up. I was weeks out from a show. We shot that at 11 p.m. And I had eaten every meal and drank two gallons of water. Like, they're fine. I like the dogs. I like them. Victoria um, left and came home. They're going nuts here. <laughs> but the, uh, you know, so I think that that's the biggest key is is trying to make that difficult. Don't. Whatever brought, you know, it's it's the old reminder when in sports. Don't forget who brought you to the dance. Don't I got one follow-up question. What's the what's the dumbest thing you guys ever used thinking that it was going to be magic for a carb up? 
Mine was cheesecake. Like half of the cheesecake. Oh, that was just you hungry. You were just hungry. Yeah, I was like, I think I need, I think I need another slice. I think another slice would oh do it. Yeah, that's the danger of something like that. It's like, I could, you don't open up that can. Mine wasn't dumb, but it was common when I first, I mean, it was dumb, but not like ridiculous. When I first got into bodybuilding, I didn't realize that people that were backstage turning into like a snack fest. Oh, God, I thought yeah. they were doing something. I would see the rice cakes with the jam as if somehow that was magic. And my first coach had me do it. He's like, you, you got to have rice cakes with jam. And I woke up in the morning. I had pancakes with syrup. All these things I had never had. Yeah. And I'll be honest. I wasn't good enough for it to matter. So mm. I can't even say like it messed me up because I looked terrible to begin with. But now it's funny because... As you would advance, I remember like when you'd get to the higher level shows, the guys who had been there, done that, all were just kind of chilling backstage and they would have like a normal meal in a Tupperware maybe. Yeah. And then you saw the guys like busting out the, the weird shit and you're like, it's probably not going to go well for you today. And they always have like cookies and stuff backstage too now. Like everywhere they've got extra food. Pizza. Pizza. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. We've seen the guy in Arizona that's no longer there. I have to give it to him as a as a coach. I loved his backstage setup because I would yeah. eat a lot of good stuff while I was back there. I was like, I'll have another <laughs> one of these. Why not? A bagel. Let's do it. Yeah. So. A couple bagels. <laughs> it's, it's like if Planet Fitness sponsored a bodybuilding yeah. show. That's, how, that's like the spread. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So we had some overrated, underrated. We had. Yes. And you had some topics, too. You want to go to those, Dusty? What's that? You want to go to those, the overrated, underrated? Absolutely. All right. Tommy, do you know how this works? There's no accurately rated. All right. None. I've, I've been scolded for this because sometimes things seem accurately rated, if you ask me. Like, trying to test <laughs> like Halo, for instance. I think Halo is pretty accurately rated. <laughs> <laughs> the video game or the drug? Both, um, actually. <laughs> Um, so, so you have to judge overrated or underrated, uh, the bench press. Tommy. Overrated. <laughs> I, I'm going to agree. I have because... a, uh, I have PTSD right now. With <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I have to agree with that one, but not just because of the injury prone, because it's one of those things that makes me laugh because it's more of a general public thing. Like how much? I'm always stunned when someone someone says to me, "How much you squat?" I'm like, "Well, now there's a question." Yeah, that's a question that I'm down to answer. What do you deadlift? You know, when they say, "What do you bench?" I'm always like, "That's not like the sign of ultimate strength to me." Yeah, you know what I mean. I I guess like a hundred years ago, it was the overhead press. Well, more yeah, like a hundred plus years ago, they didn't judge the bench; they judged by over like overhead press was the lift to that people went by now it's was it like standing yes 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 yeah, I, I can get behind that though like it's and i'm still not saying it's the most one but i mean yeah you can't argue like if you were like oh 315 you're like it's pretty damn oh, good okay got you yeah yeah i'm with you guys all right um motivational podcasts and self-help Ooh. okay this one I'm going to say overrated, which will shock people because I actually suggest books to clients on the regular. But the reason that they're overrated is because people don't implement them. 
There are people who love to consume and they can tell you every book they've ever read. And if I know them personally, I'm like, did you implement any of this? Your life still sucks. You know, well, and it's and it really. What's funny though is it really comes down to like habits because some things there are books where you'll you'll see something and you got to work your way through it and you'll fall back into habits and that's okay, but it's shocking to me. I look at it like you know motivational quotes is the big one to me because I I, I find when I see them go up, there's two things that are bothering me about them. One, like who cares? Two, like could you at least give me a little peek into what what that means to you? And, you know, have you used that? You know what I mean? Anything. So that's why I say they are definitely overrated. What about you guys? I'm going underrated, but it's like a 51-49. Yeah. There we go. (laughs) 51-49. I think they're underrated because if you have a mindset where you can apply what you're taking in and put it towards your whatever it is you need, motivation or mindset help with, then I think there's a lot of value in it. And I can just speak from experience because when I, when I was 26, I started learning about stoicism and I read a book by Marcus Aurelius called meditations. And six years later, that has become my entire way of like, I've been completely assumed or consumed and obsessive with it. So that's why I say underrated, because if you can take take one little book or one little quote or one little podcast and it can cause a ripple that can start a tidal wave of change in your life, then run with it. But like Dusty said, most of the time it's just like somebody reads something. It sounds good. That second they post it. And then 30 seconds later, they really hate their life still. So yeah, there's no actual, there's no actual application to change. Yeah. I agree with both of you guys. Cause when it's used for that, like fake, you know what I mean? The fake, mm-hmm. like motivational thing or the fact that, and I, I don't want to sound negative, but I do feel like all of the fitness community is also now on their own platform as the motivational speaker. You know what I mean? Right. There's like that, that whole thing is kind of cheesy to me, but I have gotten a lot of really good stuff that maybe I wouldn't have thought of myself through like motivational and self-help and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm a fan, personally. Um, well, I'm, that's the funniest part is I'm with you. Like that's why I said I recommend yeah. them, but it is fascinating. You know, it's it's like, but did you use it? That's always the magic. Like, if used, phenomenal. It's kind of like a diet. They work better when you implement them. Chicuterie boards underrated. Go ahead. Underrated. <laughs> <laughs> no, the that's... charcuterie board is the greatest. I mean, Thank you. Oh. Thank you. It, it is a month. They have those, they, they have those you, on my cigar bar. <laughs> and I, the guy was like, do you want some? And I just immediately order them. Don't ask what they yeah. cost. Or don't even what's in it. it. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> and it comes out, it comes out in a little cigar box. Ooh. It opens it up and his, his mother actually literally makes him. She got a little flower, made a salami going on. Yeah. Like, it's the prettiest flower I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have um, spent a small fortune on charcuterie boards in my life. <laughs> Do you ever do any of that stuff at your house? Like, do you have ever have like the things at home? Because I, I'll have a couple items. I won't have like all of them, but I'll have crack like a good cracker, and I'll have like Mm -hmm. one real good cheese. And sometimes when we're watching TV, I'll like bust that out and chop some up. Well, when you say do you ever, that's it's tricky. I mean, do I ever have those in my house? The whole board with everything, I absolutely do. Okay, regularly. 
Do okay. I have anything to do with it landing on the counter? No, nope. but it's there. You nope. do. You, oh, you enjoy those things at home. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Anytime people come over, we actually we bought a large charcuterie board that's like, I think it's like three feet long. Oh, good God. That's yeah. Good cord. And yeah. Uh, 12, 16 inches wide, and she fills that thing up. I've got she goes fancy. Like the, we got the little dishes at the little yeah. like you put like the little, pick, little oh, pickled yeah. peppers, like that kind of stuff. I like all those of it. things. Yeah, all of it. Yeah, you should definitely come to our house when we don't watch sports, but we eat food. It's awesome. You're missing out, Tommy. You're missing out, man. <laughs> Tommy would eat that shit at my house. Don't he you would. worry. You like that? <laughs> <laughs> he just ain't paying for it. He's smart. <laughs> all right. On that note, steakhouses. Ooh, I'm gonna let you guys go first on this one. I got opinions. I got opinions. What was the on the note? Steakhouses on on the note of food. Oh. Yes. Um, overrated. Give us some. Give us some reasoning. I mean, I don't yeah. disagree. You can't just. Us. You just can't throw that on us. Come on. It, Show it us who formulating. you are. It was formulating. Uh, <laughs> you can't steakhouses as a whole overrated. Like the right one, absolutely underrated. But like, if I'm going to Dominic's in Scottsdale, Dusty knows that's. That's a hell of a steak, but if I'm going to Logan's Steakhouse, I could probably make a better one at home, and it's probably going to be a better cut. So, um, right, I think steakhouses are just—they throw a bunch of different things at you to dis- to distract you from the fact that the steak is really overpriced and not that good, and you could have a better experience with your own setup at home, and then you yeah, have right. your own people, which for me is a win. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what about you, Scott? I'm going to go with overrated as well. And that said, doesn't mean I don't like a good steak. Um, for our first anniversary, we just went out for steaks. Victoria loves a good steak too. And we got these really nice, you know, Japanese Wagyu steaks. And they're, you know, so these cows, I would love to watch a, like a documentary. If you guys don't know at home, they massage these cows, right? These cows are massaged. They're fed special diets. They live like a life of ease. Like I would almost want to be one of these cows. In fact, if I was a farm animal and I had to pick, I would pick one of those cows because I'm sure that their life is just the bomb. That said, the cost of the steak to me doesn't equate the experience that I get from it. It just right. doesn't It doesn't add up to me. So for me, I, I'm going to say overrated, but I do like the steak. Right. Okay. So I'm sticking with you guys, but here's my overrated stretches. So I was only thinking of places like Dominic's, Tommy. And here's my issue with them. They're all the same. It's the same place. Like they're all great, but you go in, you get your overpriced steak, you get your overpriced salad, you get your three times the amount wine and you get your sides. They're all great. But when you have wasted the amount of money on food that I have, you've been there a lot. Yeah. And you just start to realize, like, we went one recently, and, and it was very pricey. Yeah. And I remember when we left, I was like, that was good. But I've become cheap in my old age. And what I factor in now is I work backwards. I'm like, was it that good? Yeah. I can make that same steak double the size, because I do like to buy, like, like, you know, I can get Wagyu um, tenderloins for $54 a pound. Okay. Well, well that's going to cost me over $100 for eight ounces at the restaurant. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
And some places can make it as good as me. Notice I said as good. No one's made it better. Um, and most places can't. You know what I mean? So it definitely lowers down. So at the end of the day, for me, they're overrated, and I'm going to one on Thursday. Okay. Are you? <laughs> yeah, for me, it's a real special Throw occasion. Throw that in real quick. It's yeah, like yeah, real yes. special occasion for us. Yeah, this like is that a, was our a anniversary. party, you know, 17 years old. I think it's time. There you, you go. Know, this, is, this is probably going to be at least five bills, so that's going to hurt. Okay, how about uh, how about zodiac signs? And I have to ask you guys too: What's your sign? If she announces it, run. Um, <laughs> I know this. I know this because I know this. You lived this <laughs> many times. Yes, um, I'm a Taurus, by the way. So, and then someone that's watching will go, "Of course, yeah, of course." Good. We're very compatible, Dusty. Good. <laughs> we can we can continue the podcast now. Yeah, Dusty and I are both Tauruses. Are you really? Okay. The bull. The bull. Raging bull. Um, I think they're overrated as a whole. That's, if you want to think your whole life is happening because of something the planets are doing as far as the alignment and the collision of stars, then that's not, it's a really cool story. But, again, I think it's just application. Like, I read some stuff, and I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. But I... I go on living my life and doing what I want to do shortly after. I don't, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't let what a horoscope tells me think like, yeah, today's the day I'm going to, I'm going to make it. I'm going to, I'm going to get through today and a good thing is going to happen to me. I just, yeah. I don't believe in it like that. Well, usually that's the way it is too. Like, be careful because you'll have a difficult uh, encounter this week. Uh, Tom. And you get a cup of coffee yeah. and of course yeah. you do. They're getting all specific <laughs> about what to call it nowadays, right? Um, so yeah, that's good. Uh, college education. Oh boy. This one's going to get us in trouble. It might've been why we wrote it. Scott, (laughs) I would say when I was a kid, I was told that you had to go to college. I was told that Mm -hmm. like, that was the only way that you were going to be successful. And everybody was just funneled through high school into college and you just like you did whatever you did and you spent a lot of money at a university and then you you know went off to do accounting or computer programming or I don't know what and I was not somebody who fit very well into the mold of high school or school or academics or honestly if I'm going to be blunt society I'm not I realized (laughs) it's gotten further and further here (laughs) I'm not that guy all right and I've had to work within the constraints of society at times. And, um, you know, it, but I, I ended up, I did go to school for photography, fine art degree, which does absolutely nothing in the real world, right? So, you know, but the reason I did that was because I was kind of told that this is what you have to do, you know? And if you're going to be accomplished, it's, it's weird. It's weird how our brains work that we... I remember, and this is related, I remember being laid off when I came back from photography. I took a job, job went out of business. I went on unemployment. I actually did my first contest prep during unemployment, which is awesome in a way. But um, <laughs> so the thing was, though, is like you're, you're, you start feeling like, well, I'm unemployed. You're like, okay, well, I'll get a new job. But then your identity gets, that's the word I was looking for. Your identity gets so wrapped up in what you do 
and and I think that we were conditioned to believe that like your identity is so wrapped up in being a college graduate and all mm-hmm. of that. When in reality, you could be successful without it. Is it going to be right. the same path? No. And some people I don't think are necessarily cut out for it. And honestly, I wasn't cut out for a traditional education. It it just wasn't what was for me. Uh, you know, if I could have been normal, I probably would have been, but it's it wasn't in the cards. <laughs> so I will say it is overrated, especially for me. There we go. Tommy? Overrated in all caps. College <laughs> is such a waste of time and money. Unless you want to be a doctor or a lawyer, maybe there's another job in there that could apply. But yeah. Medical field and stuff like that. Jobs that require it. Yeah. Yeah. We talk about traditional education, but you can educate yourself on anything you want now. With we have everything at the tip of our fingers. I mean, it was a little different, obviously, for you know Scott, you, and then even me in two thousand nine when I like same thing. I was pushed. I was raised to, you know, you're a loser if you don't go to university. Yeah. Basically, yeah. Mm-hmm. Even like they wouldn't. You know, community college was off. They were like, you are an absolute loser if you don't go to a four-year school. And I was like, okay, well, I guess that's what I'll do. And then first year, a lot of money, not a lot of grades. <laughs> and I dropped out. And then I went to community college and became a firefighter. And I got that played out because I got a job as a firefighter. So, like, it was worth it. But at the same time, there wasn't the opportunities with social media and YouTube and all the different ways you can make money. 12 years ago that there is today. So I wasn't really pushed in that direction because I think it's a, unless you have a work ethic, it's a very unsafe, uncertain path. But I think for guys like the three of us, that's the draw to it is we get to create our own world. Um, So I think if going to college can kind of just be like, it can just delay you actually learning what you need to do for the next four years. It's like, oh, I'm in college, so nothing matters right now. Whereas if you get out 18 years old, you graduate high school and maybe you go to a trade school, then you're, you've established a skill and you're probably making some decently good money for an 18, 19, 20 year old while you figure out what it is you want to do with your life. Cause I don't think anybody at 18 has it all figured out and they know what they're going to do. I didn't anyway. So, but the facade that college is like this, you, you graduate high school and you go here for four years and then you go get your job and like, yeah, that's cool. But I don't think that's, I just don't think that should be sold to people, especially with like how much you can learn for free. If you have an iPhone. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have an internet connection? I got, I got good news for you. Um, so here's the thing. Uh, I, I absolutely agree across the board. Um, overrated. Obviously, Tommy covered the work part. Now, if you're going to go to college, I think the things that you, the the most important thing that people do not take advantage of when they go to college is networking. Your grades are fine, but you're going to meet a lot of people who are going a lot of places. Making sure your Rolodex is full is magic. Um, I talk about this all the time, but my life beyond work was built on social capital. I know everyone. I can get anything done. They can get things done by me. I know who I can rely on for this, that, and the other. If I don't know someone, I know someone who knows someone. That is magical. And I mean, if you're going to go, that to me is as important, if not more, than your grades. 
Yeah. Uh, obviously, if you're you know, like we discussed, like Tommy said, there's jobs that must. So not a waste of time, but overrated because I don't like being put in the box, you know, and things kind of get jammed that way. Um, it's getting less and less now, though. I mean, it's more parents are realizing also for their money. Like, you know, when I look at, you know, the girls, if I if I was going to pay right now out of pocket, I'd be like, OK, let's take a couple years. Let's figure out what you want to do with your life for real. And then let's go to college. Let's make sure you've got a plan or if you even need to go. You know, um, I have a friend whose son went to college during that word we can't say uh, yeah. to play football and uh, didn't end up playing because of it. And then got depressed and long story short, failed out of college. Mm. So he comes home from college. Now he's lost his scholarship, the whole thing. And now he's a loser, Right. Uh, fast forward a few months, someone set him up with a line lineman school and he makes 110 K a year now and he's 19 years old. Dang. Can you set me up with that person? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, that's the thing people don't get and he's hustling it because he is a hustler. Yeah. And now he's sitting there like, and like Tommy said, do I think he's going to be a lineman the rest of his life? I don't know. But I can tell you with the guidance he has above him, he's putting a lot of that money away. And when an opportunity knocks that he wants to jump on, he'll be ready. And that's the biggest, you know, that's the other factor people don't realize. Like, you know, my first big business, the only reason I could get on it was because I had $49,000 saved in an account. Okay. And when I needed a lump sum of cash, I was like, oh, good news. I have that. I would have missed the entire opportunity if I was like, oh, I don't have any money. Yeah. You know, yeah, so I I don't think it's everybody is cut out to be an entrepreneur. I not will say at that. All. You know, most are not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I have a, a friend who's trying to get a new job, and she struggled. Like she in and, and I was saying like, well, what about personal trading? Because she's mm-hmm. uh, she's a competitor. I was like, what about personal trading? You know, do you ever think about getting into that? She's in a real popular area where she could do well. And she's mm-hmm. like, no, I don't really want to. She doesn't want to work for herself. You know, and I, I, I awesome. can respect that. There's something to be said about, like, the other side of it. You know, it's nice to do what we do. I couldn't see it any other way. But there is something mm-hmm. nice about, like, nine to five, you know, going home. and Oh, for sure. You're done. You're done, you know. Yeah, I, I don't think there's – that's the thing. It's not about what's the better route. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's just a matter of, what, you know, is college a, um, a must – you know, yeah. and, and that's definitely not the case in a lot of cases. Of course, I really am grateful that my surgeon went to college. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 Tommy hit the nail on the head. Medical stuff, law, law stuff, things like there are always going to be needs for that. Also, too, you know what, too? I see so many kids that I think are getting away from the, the, that programming now. There's kids mm-hmm. that are like, oh, what do you want to do? Oh, I want to be on YouTube. You know, I want to be a, I want to be a, you know, an influencer. You know, the, the key on. there, though, is like I think people, you know, same deal, how and put in the work. I think that's the only thing that that does get a little lost with people is this idea that you can just I don't have to do anything because I'm going to be an influencer. Like, well, what are you doing? What are you yeah. creating? You know what I mean? Like if if uh, if if our girls came down and said they wanted to do that, I'd be like, cool. What are you getting started? Like, because you're not going to live in my house and pretend to be an influencer while you're a broke ass. So, yeah. you know, figure it out. And there's nothing wrong, like, you know, with having a job while you build that up. So, yeah, we got more. Got a couple more. Um, Fire. John Wick. 
Oh, I saw the new one this weekend. Have was you it good? seen it? Okay. There are movies and there are films. Okay. This is a movie. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> and it was it was literally action from the moment it started till it ended. I don't know because I didn't pay attention, but I heard it was like a three hour long movie and I did watch it, the whole thing, and I never felt like getting a little long. Um but I got to be honest, when a guy gets hit by a car six times in like a small sequence and then he just like pops up and keeps going, I'm like, ah, I'm having a hard time That's not swallowing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. and there's like a little limp, but then next thing you know, it's like, you know, ninja time and we're back into it. So you gotta brush it off. <clears throat> highly entertaining. Um, but I feel like it's like the Fast and the Furious movies. Uh, None of them were believable. But yeah. we got further off the stratosphere as they okay. kept coming out. Because um, I love John Wick, the original one. I thought it was great. And obviously not realistic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. So Dusty has this problem uh, every episode. One some point or another, the UPS guy shows up. This happens. Donna ain't having it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but uh, so, so the answer is overrated since I'm the only one that saw it. But it was still good. But I have to point out that Nikki actually said during the movie, she goes, did you notice that part? Because everyone comes at him one at a time, right? Yeah. And they actually had a scene where one guy was fighting him and the other guy was back there, but he's just like this. <laughs> it's like he was waiting. And it's like, now would be a good time. Yeah. <laughs> like, y'all didn't even edit it well enough to get the guy that was just standing there out of the picture. So I haven't yes. seen any of the movies, but since I watch a lot of gun channels, I've seen all the guns of John Wick and I know ah. or the guns that should be in John Wick, you know, guys on channels do that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I know that he took lessons from a guy named uh, uh, he has a company named Terran Tactical. And mm. I, I, I guess this guy is super fast at like firing from the hip at point shooting, they call it. Right. So he can just like take a gun out and just go like bam, 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 bam. And hit all those targets without even aiming. Uh, right. Taren, Taren Butler, I think, is his name, or something like that. Somebody will correct me. Right. We do have some some gun tuber people around on our channel, but yeah, I've never seen any of the movies. How about how about you, Tommy? I haven't seen the new one, or maybe the third one, but I I think it's probably overrated as a whole. But I liked the first one just because it was. I think everything they take everything too far, like Breaking Bad. Yes, and the Furious. Everything gets taken to a point where it's like, all right, what what's happening here? Yeah. But the, the, yeah. the first John Wick, and I'm not like a, I'm not a big movie guy anymore. Like I used to be. Like the first John Wick actually had me like, all right, this is good. I like it. Right. All right. Agreed. Last one. I have no last idea. One. No idea what this means. Overrated or underrated? Monsters. Monsters. Yeah. Oh, the drinks. the drinks. The drinks. I didn't know if they meant monsters under your bed, monsters that you drink, or monsters in the gym. Monsters Inc. was phenomenal. Um, <laughs> Sully is a good man. Um, <laughs> let's see. Monsters in the gym. I'm still trying to become one. And uh, come on, monster now. come drinks. on now. All right, let's get these. What's your rating, Tommy? Monster drinks. Overrated. Were they always you know, overrated? You know I'm a Red Bull guy. Always? <laughs> really? I, I feel like he just showed his age, even though he's too young to even say that. 
He's too young to say yeah. that. <laughs> if I was ever getting a Red Bull, I was getting Dusty one too, and I'd show up and be like, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> I know he'll want this. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yes, the, the sugar free. Okay, the, the original, I guess I'm not big into like sugar in, yeah. in liquid form, so I'll talk about the OG whites for yes. the monsters. Mm-hmm. Those are good. Those, yeah. were, those were the shit. That was like the good stuff. But I think when they went trying to make a different color can for every part of the rainbow, like, it's nothing touches the white OG zero calorie. <laughs> and, and Scott, what are your thoughts? All right. So I liked the low calorie monster. So there was a time I never drank any energy drinks. All right. Like any at all. And monster had already been out. Red Bull had already been out. I maybe had like one or two in my life. And then I got into them and I liked all the, like the low calorie or the zero calorie monsters for a while. But at this point, I then I went through a phase where I cut them all out. I didn't want any more energy drinks in my life. I just drink coffee. Now I'm back, but I don't keep. I don't drink a lot of them. I'll have like a couple a week, and if right. I do, I feel like Monster is outdated now because I almost feel like my tolerance for caffeine due to products like Rain and Bang have made Monster almost like a decaf version. There's just not enough energy in that can for me. Take a nap. I, I love that you put that all together because that's literally the conversation. So we we buy cases of Monsters because yeah. um, the, the kids drink the white ones yeah, every good. day. You know, and the white ones are strong, not strong, strong flavor. They're, they're good. Yeah. But I look at Monsters like a morning Diet Coke now. Yeah, basically, yeah. It's only got a. Like, it doesn't actually do anything, but they taste delicious. Yeah, and I do have to show this in Monster. You can help. You can thank me for all your new sales. Code Dusty Twenty. This Ultra Strawberry Dreams one. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh! Wow, the, the lighting is killing me. There we go. That's a good one. It's got a little red lid. Oh, yeah. just bumped into that and uh, had one the other day. And to give you an idea, I have two cases in the garage and the full fridge. And I woke up yesterday and I was like, hey, I'm going to head to the, the quickie mark down the street. And she's like, why am I going to get a monster? She's like, are you really driving to get a strawberry? I'm like, yeah. Sometimes it happens. Yeah. I've you got to do too. what you got to do. And yeah. it makes sense. I mean, the strawberry soda back in my prime now on <laughs> strawberry monsters, but yeah, they don't do anything as far as like literally even now when I'm training her, I just take a little all in in the morning, like yeah. a quarter just to wake up and then I drink oh, the monster at the gym. Yeah, that's my coffee. A quarter, a quarter scoop of all in just to wake up. I'm like, eh. all right, yeah. let's go. <laughs> Has Mute never thought about doing a canned energy drink? The the I mean, truthfully, it's it's simple. I mean, I don't even have to ask him the question. The market is completely saturated. It's yeah. I could picture brutal. George saying that if I asked you him. Know, like, that would be his the, words. I could see it. And you know what's funny is the ones that you, like, for example, the ones that you mentioned that are strong. Yeah. I can't drink that and train like I had one when I was uh, when I was in Arizona. I didn't have we didn't have time to stop to get a drink. And I do drink them out of habit. I pre-workouts and things. I really do believe they function and they're part of your process of telling yourself you're going to the gym. Yeah, agreed. So I had my pre and it was a little too early. And then I waited like over an hour for us to film the walkthrough with um, with Lance and Ron. So I was like, oh, I need something. So he gives me one of these crack drinks in the front. It looks like yeah. a monster. Yeah. I drank like a, I drink like a third of it, and I wasn't like zinging, but I'm like, we're good. That's yeah. all I needed. I literally just 
put the rest, tossed it, and called it a day. I was like, I could not imagine drinking that and then trying to have a good leg workout. No way. Yeah. I, I For me, it's the volume of like carbonated fluid. I wouldn't want to oh, yeah. drink a whole can and then train right after that, you know? Yeah. No, I feel you there. So man, I'm, it's funny that uh, I wrote the over-unders, and I'm like, monster, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> I was the one that wrote that. Oh. <laughs> hey, before we go, Dusty, I have to ask you advice on Germany. Just in general, man, I've never been there before. So you're not coming with us, unfortunately. Ron yes. already left. He's on his way to do a mutant on a mission. Then we're in, in the UK. We're going to meet mm-hmm. up. Tomorrow I leave, which by the time this comes out, I can say yesterday I left. Dre and I have the same flight all the way there. So that's cool. Nice. Um, and uh, yeah, so I'll get there. I'll get there like Wednesday morning, I think. Well, question number one. Are yeah. you bringing food? I planned on getting food in the airport and I planned mm-hmm. on like packing like a couple sandwiches. I'm not on like a big fixed diet. My bodybuilding okay. diet right now is like I, I can I can flex. You know, I'm not planning on bringing a bunch. OK, good. That's that's first key in protein powder. I'm bringing for, protein for anyone that that would be doing that. Here's the one thing I'll say, and this isn't fact. It's just my experience. Um, Obviously, we all know you can bring food on an airplane. What you do is if you have anything that you're like, if you were dieting, the food that you are eating that day, you leave in the the cooler fresh. The food that's not being that day is frozen. That is now your refrigerator. Um, I do recommend going to Germany, putting that in a bag that looks like a bag. Because like not like a cooler. And the reason for that is uh, I was in prep for a contest one year and I had so much food because I was going to be over there for like a week that I actually shipped a cooler, um, carry, or, uh, checked and just brought my food with me on the flight because it was that much food. It was my rice, my steak, my fish, my chicken, all of it. Yeah. So I get through the um, customs uh, or no, it's right before customs. I get my bag, getting ready to roll out of there and uh I, I realized that there's no, the, the things that have the bag carry, I had too much shit. Um, it, it didn't take my card. And so I went over and I said, hey, is there a place? I talked to these two guys that were obviously customers. I said, where can I get some cash for this? And uh, they were like, oh, hey, you're here for FIBO. We're going back and forth. They were cool. And I said, yeah. And they so they told me what to do. I get the little cart. I grab my cooler off the belt, put my bags on there. I'm leaving. I literally throw those dudes at what's up. And another guy goes, oh, what's in that cooler? And it was my food. And I was like, You're oh, like, it's growth, my food. My growth? Yeah, yeah. So he literally made me throw away all my food. Really? All of it. Now, all the other guys were fine. And I'm, I'm obviously, I just, you know, threw my bait in the water and picked up a prick. But there he was. and uh, But it was cooked. In, it wasn't it was raw cooked, meat. It was frozen. Everything was fine. And he... Not only, I mean, and, and again, I, I'm, I'm telling you, like, I'm not saying that this would happen every time. I've been to Germany five times. It's only happened once. But since then, I started bringing my food. Now, granted, I was never in prep again after that. But I brought my food and I put it in a bag. Yeah. Because I didn't want to flag the one guy Yeah. that had an issue with me. He was like, you know, I could charge you per whatever kilogram of this. And I'm like, you sure about that, buddy? I don't really yeah. care yeah. And i started like at this point i was being an ass which isn't smart but anyways yeah so 
but you can bring food. That's the magic on the flight. Uh, the the only thing, the only advice I have for Germany is it's it's as simple as the UK or anything like that. But at FIBO, yeah, if you're taking a lot of pictures, yeah. I'm gonna stand up here so you got it. So you can All see. Right. Let me see. Where's my arm? It's this okay. arm. Let's okay. See. Yeah. Going this way. Okay. When okay. someone is gonna come up to you right here, yeah. you're gonna grab your hand and you're gonna put it on their side, and you're gonna keep them at a distance. Okay. Because if they throw their arms around you, there's a lot of people there that don't use deodorant and you will have stinky shoulders. <laughs> oh, so and we just offended everybody at FIBO. <laughs> <laughs> no, people at FIBO will know who I'm talking about. I've been there and I'm like, ah, I used to do that. I, I would, I'd walk up and we had girls at the booth. I'd walk by and go, and your shoulders stink. And then I just walk away and they're like, ah, <laughs> it was just a normal thing. But Ron yeah, doesn't know that because Ron's tall. So you'd have to be real tall to get your arm up around. Yeah, you're Ron, not, but I'm, you know? I mean, come on. You yeah. know, you and me, we're times, not, we're know? no Ron. Yeah. Right? There are no plenty Ron. of people tall enough to stank shoulder me. Jamie, so. nothing. Yeah. He stank shoulder Jamie other could people. Get Ron. She could get, he could get yeah. Ron. He could drop the arm. <laughs> Maybe I'll have him do that. I don't know. So yeah. no, but the travel there is actually really easy. Um, and like we already discussed, Day of your flight, check for an upgrade. And it's I, I I will. And it's the like the biggest expo, right? Like this thing is bigger than the Arnold. Big. Oh yeah, because it's a whole expo. It's a trade expo. So there there's there's a hall as big as the Arnold or bigger that's just equipment. You're kidding me. No. Some yeah, of that's I mean, equipment like that this... we don't have here regularly. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? They have every type of equipment, and like Ron was saying, I mean, guys come in and. You know, they'll spend a million dollars with a company and then go to the next one. So, yeah, it's a, it's a huge thing. It's huge. It's definitely one of the favorites. And, uh, you know, we do have awesome fans there. Like, you, I, I think you'll meet a ton of people that want pictures with Scott McNally while you're there. I, I hope fun. we meet some people that, you know, that know the show and, and all that. That's that's I'm looking forward to that. If, if you were to go, which, like I said, we're mm -hmm. bummed you're not going to make it. What would be the one thing that you would want to make sure you do while you're either in FIBO or in Germany? Just like if you're going on this trip, what's okay. that one this thing? This is not for me. This is for you. But okay. um, you definitely got to do the walkthrough of the uh, old uh, church in Cologne. Oh, yeah, that. yeah. It's like I'm not a I'm not a walkthrough guy. I took a picture nope. of the front of it and it was awesome. And I was like, that's cool. And I left. It's cool. But <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but yes, that that you'll see it like when you're coming over the bridge and you're going to the hotel, you're gonna be like, oh, that's the yeah, that's the one. And it does blow my mind looking back at architecture. You know, we both uh, share the architecture love. Yes. To realize when that hotel was built or not hotel, the church, when that church was built. Yeah. And think about how. And then think about the fact that it stood the test of time, but we got neighborhoods that are 11 years old and houses are falling over now from a little storm. I mean, yeah. something has changed since a bunch of people went to school and became architects. Yeah. <laughs> We're going back to the college thing. Um, this is yeah, it. Check. This is it, right? That's it. What, yeah. I mean, I got to go see that thing bonkers and if i remember craig it's been a couple of years to have been there like you can go up inside of it you can get like a tour so you yeah. would dig that for sure i'm gonna be there for a couple extra days so you and know, there's some good places to eat cookies right across the street oh that. okay okay if you need yeah i'm gonna be there Ask for like friend. i think i leave i go home on the 19th 
So I'll have like a couple extra days, kind of look around and see stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. Or freaking leave town, man. What do you think about like hopping on a train and going to Berlin or something? I, I would do that you for know? sure. For sure. Is there a um, lot plus to you see? Meet people, man. Like, like if we, if I, we, I tend to meet people at these shows. So if you're gonna stay for a couple of days, I would not be shocked if you meet someone at the expo that like is a is a listener and they're like, oh, come with us to do something. I've done that before. It's awesome. Well, I've had a couple you know, listeners reach out already because I asked. I was like, hey, I'd love to get a tour around town. I haven't found anybody that is actually from Cologne. That I, yeah, you know, well, as long as they know the area. Because yeah. you, I mean, this teach their own. But to me, like when I go places, I don't want the tourist view. What do no. locals do? Yeah, Take exactly. Do that. You know exactly. what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, yeah, if you've got that, I would definitely jump on one of those because that's, that's fun. Ron says there's a good gym there, too. There's a, yes. Have you been there? There's a few good gyms there, actually. So it, it's, um, you, you know, depending on which we, we used to go a little further to avoid the crowds. I can't remember the name, but like the McFits and stuff are just slammed because everyone is there, you know? Yeah. But yeah, we've had some great workouts. I can't, I wish I could remember. There's one that's in a basement. It's like black and red in there oh. that we went and trained in. It was super slammed. And Ron and I did an entire workout on one cable. We just, <laughs> oh, it was at that place. Pieces. I yeah, heard the story. I didn't know where it was. Awesome gym, but it was just easier. We were like, this will work. And then the next night we had like a workout in there, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I have to say, I was kind of nervous about everything because I didn't have my taxes done yet, right? And mm-hmm. I was afraid I was going to have to do them on one of those days after FIBO, like w- over the phone appointment. And that would have ruined the trip. You know what I mean? Like trying to deal with taxes in the middle, like 3 a.m. And I'm like, Victoria, I need you to scan this. And you know what I mean? So I'm glad that's all done. Uh, Can we work on a little something called tax extensions in the future? I got a better plan. You write a check for 10K and you just hope that you don't know more than that. (laughs) And you're good to go, you know? Yeah. So I've got a better plan. I'd love to talk to you about that in the future. But I, I do have to say I'm freaking excited now, especially that that's done. And oh, man, yeah. I feel so grateful because Mutant is literally bringing me out there. Like it blows my mind, man, that they're they're bringing me out to do the podcast with, uh, you know, with well, not you, but I was going to say with Dusty and Ron, with Ron and Jamie, who's going to you know fill in. But it blows I told my Jamie mind to refer to himself as Dusty the entire time on the show. Yeah, that way some people think I'm a tall, handsome man. That'd be yeah, good. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited, man. I, like it blows my mind that they're willing to like bring me out for this and stuff. Like I, I can't say how grateful I am. So I'm going to try to shoot a bunch of video too and do nice. like a whole little tour. So you'll you'll get to see that you know along with everybody else after the show. There we go. Nice, nice. Well, awesome, Tommy. Thanks for jumping on. Real quick. Uh, Give us a breakdown of the uh, of the show and where they can catch you uh, for your podcast, too. So Thinking Man's podcast is <clears throat> currently on my YouTube channel, Tommy Styles. Um, but next week, there's an announcement about the progression of that podcast into Ooh. something bigger. So nice. You'll catch that. Uh, that'll be on next week's episode, which is our one year mark. So 52 episodes. Has it already been a year, week. man? Yeah. Yes. Crazy. Dang. So it's been 52 weeks. You literally have not missed a week. We missed one. Joe okay. had gyno surgery, and then we did two the next week to make up for it. Hell yeah! You so go. you guys Counts. are killing it, man. Like that's the key. Contract. I said we have to stick to it, and uh, we did it. So we got one more to. Rec- Actually, I'm recording as soon as we get off here. Oh, cool. And then we'll uh, episode 52 will drop next week, and that's where we're announcing what's next for. 
the podcast and moving forward. So what's this episode going to be about that you're recording next? I think it's a Q and a, honestly, we're, we've been pretty bad with uh, planning ahead lately. It's just like, Hey, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> All right. Sometimes As they're loading up. Yeah. I would never yeah. do that. Yeah. Dusty can't relate to that. <laughs> Sometimes those awesome. are our best ones though. Cause we, um, we get a lot of good engagement and some people find it really valuable. And I was like, wow, we really just decided to talk about that a half hour ago. So that's cool. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right, guys. Well, I think that's it for this episode. Episode number. We don't know anymore. Uh, once again, remember I am mutant.com. You can use three codes this time. Big Ron 20, Dusty 20, Tommy S 20, all caps. And that's going to save you 20% off of all of your mutant products. Of course, hit up those $50, $100 bills or even 5 or $1 bills to the Patreon. Scott appreciates it. We make him work really hard. He needs to buy water bottles in the airport soon, so he's going to need that money. I'm going to bring get a shaker cup, through. and then I just empty it out before I go through, and then I fill it up at the fountain. I've seen smart people do that. Yeah, that's the way, that's the way I roll. That. That's the way I roll. Um, $87 later, I have yeah. two <laughs> bottles of water. I'm like, let's go. Yeah, That didn't hurt at all. didn't hurt at all. But anyhow, remember, like, share, subscribe, comment, and ring that bell. Ah, there it is. Good job. Good Until job. Until next that. time, guys, it's just bodybuilding. <laughs>